0: Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad to have you with us today. Rock Church is located in Rockford, Illinois on Harrison Avenue, just west of the Cherryville Mall. Now join us live in service for today's message. Today we have a special treat. Uh, We have one of our own uh, who's going to be speaking the word to us today. Mike Tartaglia has uh, been a part of this church for the better part of 20 years and uh, has served in various capacities from being a youth leader to a praise and worship team member to a board member and uh, just, and also he's a friend to many of us. And uh, so it's my privilege to, uh, to introduce him this morning. So let's welcome your friend and mine, Mike Tartaglia, to bring the word today.
1: everyone man, it's been a long time since I've been at eight o'clock service. I just have to be really transparent right away. Uh, this morning, I just I uh, want to say thank you for, uh, for uh, welcoming me and um, today we'll be speaking on three different categories. Uh, we'll be speaking, we'll be sharing about uh, the love of God, uh, we, the hope we have in God and his promises. So for starters, can we turn to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, <clears throat> and as you're turning there, just also, uh, also want to add that I recently, uh, I've been back now for about four years at the Rockford Rescue Mission, and um, with everything that's happening out there, uh, some would say that where we are down there, we're on the front lines, and that could be debated, but aside from everything that's been happening, we see a lot of, a common term that we use down there is this is where heaven meets hell. Uh, we see a lot of the, the, the drug addicted, the alcoholic, uh, the desolate, uh, hopeless. Probably is a bottom line there that they're without hope. And they are there for, if they're on the program, they are there for 9 to 12 months, and it's just a privilege uh, to see the work of Christ in their life. When not all, but most will come in and uh, they are at the end of their rope, again, with, without any hope or any encouragement, um, completely uh, void of any of that. And along the way, and I would say those who maybe were brought up in church and fell away or had a, had a certain idea who God may be, or even never have heard of God, or just are a non-believer. And Jesus is not limited to any of those situations. Uh, We've seen people who were dead in their sin be born again and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you see the light and the life in their eyes when that happens. And you see where hope has just flooded their life. And it's just remarkable to uh, to see that. And we see oftentimes where we see that this is rooted in the love of God, where the same love that we have experienced from Him, by Him granting us eternal life through Jesus Christ, that He offers that to them as well. And we see the eternal value of of what's happening. And it's just uh, it's great. It's it's like I said before. It's a privilege. And of course, any of us who are in ministry, we know how discouraging ministry can be and how messy and gritty and complicated and backbiting that ministry can be. Um, but where's Christ in that? He's right in it, getting gritty with us in the midst of, of ministry. So, beginning here in uh, 1 John chapter 3, we'll, we will begin in verse 23. Speaking of the love of God, so 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, and John writes this, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Oftentimes, we may come across people that just aren't sure of their salvation. Or, how do I know that I'm saved? How do I know? And there's the debate of, you could lose your salvation and you can't lose your salvation. We won't be talking about that today. But this is how John shares with us, this is how we know, he writes it here, that he lives in us, is that we know it by the spirit he gave us. Chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have come out into the world, this is how you recognize the spirit of God. So he gives us clear instructions on how we recognize the spirit of God in our life. And that stands true today for all of us. The one that is in you is greater than the one that's in the world. That is sometimes, I believe in my life, I have experienced where that gets overshadowed by circumstances. Gets, I forget sometimes that he's greater than the world because it looks like he's not sometimes. It looks like evil has dominated. It looks like evil has triumph, is triumphant. And this, that's just not true. Because if we live by that, we're going by what we see, our feelings, our circumstances, and we're called to live differently than that. We're called to live by the word of God, to be obedient to the word of God, and walk by faith and not by sight, and realize and remember that it's the spirit of Christ in us that is greater than. His promises, and what we'll get into this later, is that his words are trustworthy and true. All of them. All of the word is trustworthy and true. The Word of God is Holy Spirit-inspired without error, able to rebuke, correct, and and, uh, equip us for the work of Christ. And God is faithful because of his love. He is faithful. He loves us unconditionally. And by remembering these things, we should be encouraged We should see a life that we are victorious in. I'm not saying it isn't hard to do. It's challenging. I understand. It's his love in our life that brings us joy. He sets us free from the bondage of sin and death. I could recall I spent the first 20-some years of my life without Christ. Dark, living for self, in the flesh, and on and on and on, I don't go into any great detail, but I was dead in my sin, and I was a rocket to hell. And I was my own God. My way, my way, I'm no better. If there's such a great God, then why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is that happening? And I would accuse God and even believe, and, and just shout out to him horrible things. Horrible things to him. And even in my own... The foolishness, I would tell God that I didn't believe in him. So figure that one out, right? Uh, if I didn't believe in him, why am I even speaking to him? That just shows how foolish one could be and how Psalms tells us that it's the fool that says in his heart there is no God. And the night that he rescued me, Whenever we sing that song, you came to my rescue, I still get a little bit choked up. I've been walking with the Lord now for about 25, 26 years, and I never want to forget his love in my life, the night that he rescued me and delivered me and set me free and forgave my sins. I repented, and I threw myself down because of the grace and the love of Christ, It's Jesus Christ. And, he's ahead. and that promises for everyone. He offers that to everyone. <clears throat> Excuse me. And by living a life that we recognize the Spirit of Christ in our life, we are strengthened. But he calls us to live and handle our life biblically. There isn't any, what I have found, there isn't any circumstance or any relationship that we have in our life that the, that the Word of God does not address. Maybe not explicitly, but implicitly. He doesn't He doesn't leave us hanging. The Word of God is sufficient. It always has been. It always will be. It's sufficient. It's sometimes with our lack of understanding where we accuse the Word of not being enough. And we go over here to look for answers. We go over here to look for insight or purpose or depth or anything that we think that we're needing. And all the time we're overlooking the Word because we haven't found what we think that we're looking for. But the Word of God tells us that Christ is sufficient. He's enough. Believer or non-believer alike, there are those that we may know, and I'll say in my own experience is that I know some who have walked with the Lord their whole life. They were brought up in church and and they came to know the Lord at a very early age, and they struggle with their identity in Jesus. And they're buying the self-help books and the secular things like that. And I'm not judging them i'm not condemning them but my heart goes out to them because i look at me and go what's what's wrong with me because i came to know the lord at at a later age and maybe i should be doing that too but there is one advantage of living a life in the world is that you recognize evil a lot more clear. You don't have to wonder so much. No, I recognize that as non-Jesus, if I can say that, because I remember living that way or doing those things before I was a believer. So that is clearly, to me, a non-believing thing. That's That's a very secular thing to do or to say whatever, or when you see things happening. So that's one advantage, if I can say that, of living a life so long without God. But again, because of his love in our life, um, and his faithfulness in our life as well, he draws us uh, to him, and he rescues us. Now next, if we can go to uh, we have three different scriptures today. The next scripture I'd like to bring us to would be First Thessalonians chapter four. If we can go there, go back a little bit. And this is a promise, this is a hope that we have also, and we recognize uh, the signs of the times, what's happening. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in chapter, or verse 13 rather. We may find ourselves looking out there today, quote unquote today, thinking, what is this all about? When is it going to end? How is it going to end? It cannot, it cannot end well, can it? There's a lot of crazy things happening out there. It's scary for some of us. It's, it's troubling for a lot of us. And that's to be expected. We're people. And we are we are uh, affected by what's happening when we watch the news or see the news or people or whatever the case may be. I'm not going to spend a lot of time speaking of, of the current situation just because personally I feel like I'm saturated in it. And it's you know, I would rather be, sat not to be ignoring the situation, but I'd rather be saturated in, in the word and look at it from that eternal perspective. Not minimizing it, of course. I've known ten people who have been affected by the latest illness. One that has died. I'm sorry. Got a got new- two that have died. So I'm fully aware of the, of the severity. So I don't want you to think that I'm being callous or disconnected to what's happening. I'm fully aware. And those 10 people were close to me. They're doing fine. So I just want to get that out there so uh, it's, it's clear. So chapter 4, verse 13. This it, Paul talks about the return of Christ. And that should bring cel- celebration at all times, knowing that he's on his way back. He's on his way back. And that should be exciting for us. In the midst of all this turmoil, his promise is trustworthy and true, and he's returning, and his reward is with him. He doesn't lie. He cannot lie. Verse 13, Paul writes this, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died, rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not pre- precede those who have fallen asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with him forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. I love how he ends that. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. I want to encourage you this morning that there will be a day we will hear the trumpet with a loud command. Paul writes this, and he wants to be clear about that. He says, the Lord himself, that's, that's a possessive, that's a definitive article. He will be here. He will return himself. He won't send a messenger. He won't send an angel. He won't send anything else, but he himself will return. And we will be caught up with him in the air. Now, when I was a young Christian... I had it all figured out. Oh, I know the mechanics. I know, not the winds, but how it's going to happen. I believe it. You know, 25 years later, I'm like, I, I don't know. I have no clue how this is going to happen. I thought that I knew how it's going to happen. And, you know, Lord you, Lord, you know. You know. And that's fine. You know, we're not called to know the, the specifics. And we'll read that a little bit later about the times and the days. We're not called to that. What we are called is to serve Christ, to love with the love of God, to bring others to know God and to make Him known, to be about our Father's business and to occupy until His return. And whatever He has placed in your life and in my life, to do that very thing. He's given all of us gifts, talents, and everything else, ultimately to bring Him glory. That's what we're called to do. And how that, how that looks in our lives should look different, because we're all different. You know, He's an intelligent designer. We all look different. We all are different. And that's good. That's not a bad thing. Because God is God, and he's awesome. He's not limited the way we are. And we are, as a body of Christ, we're called to love each other in spite of our differences. And we will have personality conflicts, and we will screw up, we will fall short. We always do. Why? Because we are a fallen people in, a need, in need of a Savior. But even so, when we mess up, and we will, and we will, you know, he gives us clear instructions how to handle those things biblically. When we are to forgive and show mercy and grace, not when it's convenient, maybe sometimes when it's hard, we're commanded to do that. That isn't like a good idea or a suggestion that he offers. You know, um, A quick testimony would be this, is when I was um, a young believer again, I had a Uh, immature faith but it was genuine and i was the jesus freak of my family i came from a catholic church catholic background man how dare you read the bible that's just for the priest to read and you're going right to hell buddy if you're going to read the bible you know it's one of those kind of deals so at a particular time i had i was employed at a, a local church as their property manager and my dad was probably the most critical of me and uh you know, I'll just leave it there. My dad has been dead now for about seven years. So we had a had a security door and a camera. Only one. Not like today where we have 16 or something like that, right? It's just only one at, at, at the time. And I saw him driving around the church in the parking lot, going around and around and around. And I thought, what? what, what is, what is going on there? So I caught him just in time or at the right time. I went to the back door and I waved him in and he pulls up I, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> just come to the front door and get buzzed in. It's okay. And he goes, "What well, can I talk to you?" Yeah, sure. Now my dad left my mom when I was probably seven, after twenty-three years of marriage. Four kids. I was the youngest of the four. So all this time goes by. He goes, "I just really need to know." how you really feel about the divorce. Okay? Now, this is after we had many arguments, many conversations over the years. And after um, a lot of conversations of when was I going to come back to my senses and forget this Jesus thing and get right and let it go and, you know, and all that, all those things. And I simply said, you know, Dad, I have forgiven you of everything that I held against you. It's done. It's, it's over. I mean, was there still healing to be had? Sure. But a, a forgiveness in that means no longer that we are demanding payback for what the offense was. That's all. Do we give them a license to continue to hurt us? Nope. It's not demanding that they pay for what they did. Or what we think they did. That's a biblical forgiveness. A secular forgiveness doesn't offer that. A secular forgiveness has a scorecard or you keep it in your arsenal so when they really tick you off, you can pull it back out of your box and say, Remember you did this? I thought you forgave me. Well, well, you know, I thought I did too, but here it is in your face. A biblical forgiveness is not that, it's quite opposite. And I, I finish up with the very Jesus that you resent is the very Jesus that has allowed me and given me the freedom to forgive you. So he cried a little bit. I cried. And that shows the love and the hope that's in Christ. One example of many. So further on, let's get back to the word here. And uh, let's go up to a little bit uh, to chapter 5, okay? Chapter 5 and verse 4 of 1 Thessalonians. Paul writes this. You are all sons of the light and the sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing paul really wants to make sure i guess in this passage that we are encouraged we are to encourage each other and here's one encouragement i'll just repeat it one last time before we move on is that we will be living with him and he will be returning for his body for the body of christ whether you know there's a lot of conversations about the last days with if we're in them how far we are in them when he's returning, he's coming soon. Some of those things are relative. But we do know this is that every day we're one day closer. We can argue that. Finally, we got just a few minutes left. Let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter 21. <clears throat> Revelation, chapter 21. And finally, when we, when we get here, the promise that he, he gives us. One of many. Verse 21, 1 through 7. Then I saw heaven and a new earth, and for, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. <clears throat> you can stay there for a moment. I'm, gonna, I'm going to read ahead just a little bit in verse, or chapter 22, verse 3, and it just brings us home. Um, no longer will, will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. So we have that to look forward to. We get to see him face to face. That's clear. He will dwell among us. We will dwell among him. We will be his people. He will be our God. He will wipe away every tear. No more pain. No more suffering. And oftentimes we think about our physical suffering, and that's very legitimate. But I want to mention this also, is that we have many sufferings, many pains that come from our emotional state, from our mental state. No longer will we be experiencing the pain from our emotional or our mental. That is so liberating. Because a lot of us struggle with those too. We struggle with a lot of things, right? We could say anxiety, depression, and the list goes on and on and on. Some of us, those will be gone. We've only experienced a life that's been polluted by sin, and at this point in our life, we'll, we'll live in a world that will be non-polluted with sin, ever. It'll be something that we have never experienced. His love is the, is the anchor of all that. His love also gives us the chance to repent and to know him, to be a child of God. His love also offers us that moment to be delivered and to be set free from the obligation of sin, and to live life as he has called us to do. And knowing that as a child we can look up, in the midst of all this madness, we can look up for his return, and not forget that and be encouraged by that, knowing he is is returning. And when the end game gets here, we will be dwelling with him and seeing him face to face. Wow. Face to face. One last scripture I'd like to pray uh, with us or for you. That's out of 2 Thessalonians. We're going to back up a little bit here. You don't have to turn there. If you don't like, you don't have to, just so you're aware. It's a lot of scripture today, back and forth. <laughs> Let me get there. I lost my page. 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 3, verse 16. Now Paul writes this. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, and in every way the Lord be with all of you. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Father, we thank you for your promises. We thank you, Lord, that you, your words are trustworthy and true. And as we heard earlier today, that your word will stand forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word stands forever. Lord, help us to remain focused on you, to remain about your business, Lord, and not be so distracted by the things of the world, but to continue to be salt and light. I want to pray for, again, for uh, my brothers and sisters here, that the Lord of peace himself be upon all of you in all times and in every way. May the Lord be with all of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you are so inclined, I brought my mask. So if you like to pray, I will pray with you, and I will wear my mask for any of those those who would feel more comfortable. And uh, outside of that, have a great day. May the Lord bless you, and may His face shine upon you.
0: Thanks again for joining us on our podcast today, and we hope this has been a blessing in your life. We would love to have you join us for a service in person. Our service times are on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. God bless you.